Hey, Marcus. Yo. You like movies? Yes, I do. I like movies, too. You like uh, legendary independent rap music? Of course I do, especially from Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of lineage from there. Um, this is Ebers in America, movie podcast, but as our listeners know, we will talk about anything. We're still recording remotely. If you're listening from the future, I hope you are still alive and we're, and everyone's being safe and kind to themselves. But if you're listening right now, we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic. We are all being safe and we're taking care of each other. And Marcus, would you like to introduce our illustrious guest today? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, we have uh, DJ 7L here from 7L and Esoteric, Zarface, uh, other various projects. Um I can say, you know, before we were on record, Scott was saying, you know, you've been listening to his music for 20 years. Well, specifically for me, it's been 22 years because <laughs> since 1998, right. you know, I'm anyone who listens to this show knows a combination of, of two things. One, that I'm from Massachusetts. And two, Scott and I can veer off into a lot of underground rap. We've worked with a lot of underground rappers. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Like, for example, 7 I used to work with Insight, yes. uh, you know, on, on, on music and, and whatnot. Insight. So it's like he's, he's the man. Insight is uh, oh yeah, Yo, unbelievable talent yeah. from out here, man. Is you know blast radius, all that stuff. It's just crazy. Mm. Yep, crazy man. Yep. he has that. He has that song where he raps like seventeen different styles. Yeah, that I still listen to to this day. Yeah. and he also had he he had a really good beat making app when iOS like one first came out. That was that had some really well. He's been really on the he's been drugs. on the whole invention game for a mm-hmm. long time. He's always wanted to invent stuff, like so, for as long as I've known. He's him. like a tech he's like a tech genius, isn't he? Is, isn't that isn't that yeah. what's uh... he's, he was in that he was in that he was in the app game early and very early. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And for those of you listening, that's what, that's what I'm saying. He had like one of the first beat making drum machine apps. Yep, like ten years ago, and you know I'm I'm from Brooklyn, uh, born and raised. So my my purview originally of independent rap music was mostly of New York. You know, I go to Fat Beats. I went to Bobito's Footwork. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, I I really loved Fondalum. I was you know, I I had I had Fun Crusher, not even Fun Crusher Plus. All right. So so my and there was like a little stuff from the West and a little stuff from Philly, but I even though like independent rap music was all about like. Where, where our minds are expanding and shit. Sometimes, sometimes it was hard to travel out of our comfort zone. But I think it was 1999 when I I heard your jam with Esoteric Be Alert. Yeah. Okay. Where y'all where y'all sample Transformers. Yes. And I was like, oh oh shit, this is a small world. Like it's like Massachusetts isn't just like uh, Ido G and and Guru. Yeah. There's this whole world and. So that was my little intro, it's and sports also that. Can... Yeah. Well, that, exactly yes. <laughs> like that. Well, that was my. Th- it was like a whole in '98. It was like this whole scene: Virtuoso, Lift, Insight, you guys, and I. Like, even though I'm from the part of Massachusetts that no one cares about or, or thinks about outside of New England, there's still like a lot of Massachusetts pride. So, like, well into college, when I went to Hampton University, I was putting everybody onto your music. Oh, I obviously you. follow you guys still, and it was like really cool. To see you even morph into doing the Zarface stuff. Yeah, that's... But also, yeah. like... But as a DJ, too, me being... I started scratching when I was, like, in, in middle school, actually. So being a hip-hop head and you're the DJ, 
like my eyes always drawn to like who scratched on this song, <laughs> yeah, or, like yeah. who's the DJ in the group because you know you don't get to you don't say well you speak with your hands rather so it's like yeah, yeah. my 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 boy Chinua, uh good one of my best friends he went to Tufts University and uh, he got your uh, Hitchcock mixtape uh, theme okay okay. And then I remember, like, oh, I already like Seven Dollars Esoteric, but it's, like, this is, like, a movie-themed... Yeah. Anytime, like, hip-hop and movies kind of do the Venn diagram, I get really, like, yeah, fascinated yeah, yeah. with it. So your, like, your, your sample game was, like, oh, this, this dude is into some cool shit that I'm into. And just for the uninitiated on our podcast, because, again, our podcast is primarily movies, but as Marcus and I are lifelong rap fans... There is a there is a Venn diagram, but what I also really love about rap as it's getting, you know, 40, 50 years old is that a lot of people are, are still doing it and in some ways getting better with time. So you have like you have like uh, Ka or oh, Rock Marciano or Planet Asia. And then you got you guys, uh, 7L and Esoteric, have a legendary career. And then a few years ago. Y'all, y'all start Zarface. Yeah. Would you like to to say what that is for for the uninitiated? Yeah, sure. Um, so Zarface consists of you guys can hear me okay, right? Yeah, okay. perfect. So uh, yeah, so Zarface consists of myself on the production, uh, Esoteric, Seven Esoteric, my partner for a long time uh, in the '90s, early 2000s, and then uh, Inspector Deck from Wu Tang Clan. It rounds it all out, and uh, you know it kind of came from. I mean, we we did a song with. With Deck in '98, uh, speaking real words, that was kind of our Which first. Is a good. Go ahead. And a good a good year for for inspection. Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So he had just signed to Loud a little a little before that, and our manager at the time was working at Loud, and um, he was kind of like, "Who do you guys want on a track?" You know, we thought he was kind of just saying it on some pie in the sky type thing. So we kind of immediately we were like, oh, Inspector Deck, like, you know, that's without question. And he's like, okay, cool, I'll hook it up. Because he was he was working in the promo department, so he was dealing with a lot of the artists and their managers pretty much uh, at that point um, daily. Because a lot of people were, you know, releasing their debut albums and stuff like that. And Loud was, you know, pretty much ascending to its height uh, as a label. And yeah, Shout out to Sean C. He's a good friend of mine. Nice. Yeah, um, original X-Men. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Matt, who was our manager, he you know he called us back a couple of days later. He's like, hey, because he was he was out in New York. We were in Boston. He was like, uh, Dex down. He's interested. He just wants to hear some tracks. So uh, send him whatever of your older material you want him to hear, and then a couple beats to pick for the collab. You know that you guys have. So we sent him Be Alert, which was the Transformers sampled song. Uh, shout outs to Beyond. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, a couple of the songs we had around that time and a couple of songs are on the album. And when he heard be alert, that was actually this, he actually wanted to rap on that. He was like pretty adamant that that's what he wants to rap on. And we were like, well, you know, it came out two years ago by that point. Right, and, right, right. uh, you know, obviously we wanted to have something brand new. Um, he was, I do remember he was pretty insistent on like, why can't we just do it on some like, you know, brand new stuff, you, you know, a whole new audience is going to be hearing it. Uh, which I didn't disagree with any of that, but you know, of course, we were like, no, we we, we, want, we want to do something new. Um, sure. Anyways, short story long, we did the song in '98, and then um, Esoteric and Deck over the years just kind of they definitely stayed in contact a lot, just kind of checking in, shooting the shit. 
Um, when Deck was doing some solo records, Esso did some beats for him, and Deck was rapping on some records Seamus was doing, Esso. Um, that's his non-stage name. And, yeah, so there was, like, a period, I think, around when I was doing the, those mixtapes, like the Music to be Murdered by and stuff like that. Um, like, around 2006 to maybe 2010 or 11, I kind of took a break from actually making music. And it was just more, I was just more DJing and stuff like that, you know, in the clubs and really just putting all my focus into that. So it was around that time that Deck and Esso did another song that I'd produced, um, 12th Chamber. And I remember, it was a seven on uh, hysteric song. And I remember just kind of sitting in the studio, I was mixing it, and I sent Esso a text like, you know, you guys still sound really good together, even though it's like, on paper, it kind of makes no sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, when you see our names together, it's just kind of like, uh, well, that won't work. But somehow, I think they sound, you know, fantastic together. Like, you know, it's not just like a forced collaboration. Absolutely. So I just I remember just no, but- casually sending him that text and be, you know, my just immediately being like, whatever, pro- we were doing a project at the time, kind of like a, com- not even a comeback project, but we hadn't done a record together in like five years. So this was one that we actually like, you know, and I will say in that downtime here and there, I'd still make beats, send them to send them to Esso. He would record to him for all his, the solo projects he was doing. Um, but he did most of the production during that point. Um, so this was an album, Twelve uh, Twelve. That's what it was called. I, I this whole time I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to remember, yeah. remember what the album was called because I wanted to forget about it. <laughs> but right. um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so I, just in the you know in that I kind of was already over i guess the record we were doing in a sense being like you know i was like you know in texting you guys sound good i was like you should hit him up and see if uh, he wants to do like an ep together just like right not even you know put it out on some white label stuff not it not getting the whole you know one of the biggest things i i have a pet peeve with still is like the whole promotion aspect of like the grind of like you know calling a publicist and you know getting them to contact blogs and magazines and Whatever it is, it's just like, it's the biggest thing I hate about it. It's actually what turned me off uh, in 06 when I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, we were on... And also, the, Go ahead. And also with, especially with Inspector Deck, the most apropos thing is like, do you really want like an A&R who climbs mountains yeah, yeah, exactly. and plays the electric guitar? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so <laughs> we kind of, you know, I was approaching it on some like, this would just be a fun thing. We, we had no Zarface or none of the stuff that we kind of, all the comic aspects was really in play yet it was really just like let's just fuck around and do some music uh swearing's allowed right we can swear in the show uh, yeah <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, let's just you know let's just mess around do some music and just see what happens you know not even again i i remember us being like we'll just put it on a white label and we won't even put any like artwork on it we'll just kind of like let let the audience find it we won't even like promote it we'll just put it out and it'll be one of these things people find two years from now and like get into it i don't know whatever whatever i had in in my in my head at the time so fast forward a few weeks deck was down to do it but even so they both were like if we're gonna do this you know we can't just like put out a white label and not promote it and hope hopefully one day somebody ends up listening to it we gotta at least put something behind it so i was like cool um you know i i remember being adamantly i was like i just don't want us to be on the cover i don't want three older gentlemen to be on a rap cover uh at this point so Beyond that, whatever we do, that's my only like um, 
angle. Was that part of what it was that part mm. of what inspired the twelve twelve cover as well? Because that's actually if I'm not that's the only album cover you guys aren't aren't on. That's still not the terror. You know, twelve twelve we had we did have an idea of of each song having its own album cover and its own theme. Oh. Um, mm. A lot of them were based off soundtracks and library records, but I, you know, closer to when we had the hand stuff in and the release. Excuse me, the release of that. I kind of think even both of us were a little bit like, let's just get this thing out and move on to the next thing. You know, that's not saying there's not stuff on there that we aren't proud of, but you know, I think midway through our uh, what we wanted to do with it and the kind of reality of where the record was going, it was it was kind of just a cool project for fans, you know, hardcore fans. No, we're not we weren't really treading any new any new ground on it, um, but it could have been it. You know, or, or it could have been yeah. we just kind of were in a, That was actually, that was, I think, one of the covers we had in mind for, like I said, uh, each song was going to have its own album cover. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. But I yeah, lo- I love that sort of shit. That's kind of when it really, be, you know, through stuff like that. And I mean, I think like with Dangerous Connection and covers like that, we always kind of try to have a cinematic type. I was literally going to say, yeah, both Dangerous Connection albums. There's like a 70s, you yeah, know. Yeah, I'll send it to you guys. Dangerous Connection 2 was a takeoff of a, a movie cover, Mirage. So, uh, like, you know, pretty much exact. I think we changed the color, the colorway, but as far as the framing of it, um, I actually, I, I have it here. I, I have it pretty close to me, too. I'll pull it out when I can. It's probably that famous, because he did the, like, the poster for like point blank and um all, oh yeah yeah exa- like, yes yes just, exactly yeah. um yeah. so yeah so to round to round up the zarface stuff um as we started recording the record like a lot of the common ground that so and deck have is stuff like comic books punchlines and kind of pop culture mm-hmm. stuff so i think out of super super lyrical yeah shit. yeah and i think out of that was where we kind of were thinking of like um a character, I think, you know, like Esso and definitely Lamore Supreme, who uh, does all our artwork. They kind of, of course, you know, yeah. Who also did? Who's also like, was sort of one of the big visual guys behind the the Mishka oh, exactly, clothing exactly. company. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He created the eyeball logo and all that stuff. He was, you know, keep watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep yeah, watch. yeah, yeah. So I think I, that shit. That shit was ubiquitous for a very oh, long yeah, time. Yeah, he couldn't escape it. He, yeah, he was. Every, I mean, I think up until three years ago. Um, he was like the head main artist, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, yeah. I think they, they more or less, I think it's more of like a, they sold to a company in China. And, and that's like where they're, yes. you know, where all their releases are like they started now. Um, but obviously Lamar, huge Jack Kirby fan is, is esoteric. So I yeah. think they kind of, you know, SO sent him more or less like uh, not a drawn out picture, but like kind of like his head should look like this. He should have this kind of shoulder you know, his stomach should have, like, the Kirby crackle in there as, like, some sort of, like, ooze. And, you know, kind of very, mm-hmm. very descriptive detail. And the more, more or less, kind of, like, took it. He put his own spin on it with, you know, obviously the Jack Kirby influence plus his own, you know, style. And they just came up with the character. And he drew the cover. And, and um, we were just, you know, we kind of were blown away. And, like, I, you know, I still had, like, we're just going to do this album, put it out. It is, you know, that's pretty much, we're just going to do one album. It's going to be a fun project and we're going to move on. Um, and then like, you know, we put it out and then, you know, as kind of buzz, I guess, grew a little bit for it. It was a little more than 
just like a side project, I guess, for all of us. It, you know, like it definitely kind of put like a new, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say a new life, but it, you know, it definitely gave us like a second, a second time around, like uh, with new fans plus old fans and plus, you know, people in between of you know, not even hip hop fans, comic book fans <clears throat> and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And uh, we kind of we just took we kind of took it from there. It just gradually grew. We the, the next record had a comic book included with it. Um, then we started doing action figures, and you know now it's you know pretty much we're trying to do we're trying to do everything. We're trying to work on an animated short. We're trying we're just trying to do other things with the Zarface character. I mean touring. You had that one of them was like an audio album. Yeah, yeah. We actually have. Right, it wasn't even like a like an album. No, album. yeah, it was so, more like a story. Yeah, it was like a story. first weapon drawn. So we actually have that one is more like a read along where it's like the uh, you know you can follow the story throughout the audio on the record we've done other ones as well which is like a comic book but it doesn't have uh, the audio it doesn't have like vocals or anything like, a, like any kind of actors doing like voiceover stuff it's more just like beats associated with like scenes in the comic uh, we've done a couple of those we did one last year for record store day double dose of danger so it's like usually the way it's the last couple of years have been it's like we, we release one album and then one kind of instrumental comic book thing um you know, obviously now with everything going on, we're kind of looking at things differently and into releases and stuff like that and how we can kind of keep it interesting and engaging. You know, touring has always been a little difficult because Dak tours Wu-Tang like literally right. sure. like sure. nine months out of the year. You know what I mean? He's like never, he sure. never has downtime. So, you know, that's you know, we kind of use the things like the comics and all these like collaborations we do with other stuff as like a way to, you know, kind of keep the fans engaged, like, you know, in between albums and stuff like that. And it also, you know, helps us, you know, cre be creative and, and whatever else and explore our interests, you know, like comic books, action figures, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to talk about, like, collaborations in rap of like people having new new like looks into their career yep. with without obviously talking about the other elephant in the room of like run the jewels or sure, something yeah, of you course. know yeah 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 cuz like you know killer killer mike and lp have their own fan bases and their own work yep. and what's exciting for zarface and 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 obviously run the jewels is that you get you have the people that are into the Seven L and Esoteric. You have people who are in Spec Deck, and then you have new fans from Zarface yeah. that start revisiting the earlier work, which you know. So if you're and if you're a fan of like LP, you have Company yep. Flow, and then you have the Def Jux, and then you have this, and then Killer Mike, who is who is Dungeon Family, yeah, yeah, Dungeon yeah, yeah. Family, and has a very had a very different sound. Yes. And right before you know Run the Jewels, he wasn't sure whether he was going to do like an album with like Jazzy Faye or yeah. something, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, and one thing I want to ask, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's totally sure. fine, but Marcus is an unabashed wrestling fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and there is like a John Cena es esoterics, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you're involved as well, but I know there's some yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, were you involved in that? Um, base. And also, just to, and not to, but it's like I always have to 
chime in on because like obviously John Cena, especially now, you know, he's a pop culture yeah. guy, so there's gonna be a lot of jokes. But it's like Murs, Freddie Fox, like a lot yeah. of like like nothing but like legit folks were involved in that album. But anyway, yeah. Though, so that like, and uh, and yeah, and also like. John Cena was awesome in that Murs music video where he's body slamming yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> so, no, so he is, um, I guess, a little bit of the history. Uh, one of my best friends, Mark, uh, who who's trademark, who's actually on the John Cena album with him. Um, that's his first cousin, and they're like more or less like brothers. And uh, so I knew John growing up uh, before he moved to California when he was or out of high school, um, and he was just a big underground hip hop fan even back then. He's a couple years younger than us, so you know he'd kind of hang out with us. We were, you know, back then making demos and whatnot. You know, he'd come by my house, we'd make a mixtape, whatever it is. It's kind of like, you know, high school stuff. Then fast forward to two thousand two, I think two thousand two, two thousand three. It was right after we did Dangerous Connection. He he was rapping at that point, you know, coming out and like dissing yeah, the opponent yeah. um, he had at the, you know for that match so he wanted to do a theme song mm-hmm. to come out to you know to come out to more of like you know like a rap theme song so I did his first theme song uh, Basic Thugonomics Jake One did the second one that was on the yeah. album but, oh I didn't know yeah, so, oh, so I so didn't the, know that I didn't know Jake One did the, the, the yeah the one with the MOP sample that's actually Jake One mm-hmm. yeah there's like some some real like people oh, yeah, yeah. on that well record. that's the thing like so yeah. he like John, he, he's truly like a music fan, an underground hip hop fan. So I think when you know he had the opportunity to do something like an album with Sony, obviously he was when he was reaching out to people, he was reaching out to, uh, you know, artists he was generally a fan of. So that record, I I done six initially beyond the, beyond the theme song. So the theme song came out. Maybe that was like he used that for I think the first two years. It was on one of the video games as well. I forget uh, which it was called. Um, which WWE game, but it was definitely, it was used in a lot of things. It was pretty cool. And then he got the deal with Sony and I did uh, six tracks for it. And they had a real, they had a problem clearing a lot of the samples. I was sampling a lot of like, one of the stuff I was doing with like Seven Elves Tarek or Army of the Pharaohs, just like crazy German psych rock records and stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. either they couldn't find the, uh, because WWE and Sony were involved. So they were obviously very much, sure very much by the book they weren't really trying to like let too much it had to be ironclad samples cleared not cleared whatever's going on with it so there were a few samples they couldn't even find the people who own the rights to it at this point um and then there was a few samples that just kind of cost too much and they were like this is just not worth it whatever it is you're not paying 20 grand for a sample for whatever one song you know when in their mind they're like you can just get a musician to kind of replay it or reinterpret, you know, do whatever to it, but just not use the sample. And that's actually how I hooked up with a friend of mine, Todd uh, Spadafore, who actually ended up playing on and working together with on um, the first two Zarface records. We had, we had met, because he was he met John independently from me, but he was a musician. He's, a, he's actually an amazing musician. And we started working together, and it was more or less to the point where he was kind of transitioning into like easy clearable samples I guess you could say and Mm. more just kind of like non-sample stuff like just you know people playing the stuff Um, so yeah that is kind of the John Cena uh, connection back then and if you follow his Instagram now I pop up there occasionally through various photoshops that 
Okay. <laughs> then, uh, well, do, do you know? I mean, some people know, some people don't know. When John Cena first came out, he was just like your typical, like what what they call white meat babyface. He didn't have much of a gimmick outside of his look. Yeah. And then backstage, he was he was just rapping to himself and rapping for people. He was about to get cut. The like WWE was about to let him go. Stephanie McMahon happened to see him. Like he was rapping, which like. He took it serious, but he was also, like, joking of around course. at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. And Stephanie and I was like, oh, we can make this into a character. Like, it's one of those things, like, some folks that's common knowledge to other people, they have no yeah. idea. So it's just kind of interesting yeah, it, how that accident came to Yeah, out. it's funny with, like, uh, me and all my friends or whatever, um, you know, certain things like sports and is just, like, a giant blind spot for me. I know nothing about right. And it's a little bit the same with wrestling. Obviously, I grew up like, you know, the Hulk Hogan era and stuff like that. I was a wrestling fan, but I kind of fell out of it. So even at that point, John was really, you know, one of the newest stars. And I knew he was obviously doing his thing, but I kind of, I really had, even when we were doing the theme song and stuff like that, I kind of had no recollection of like really um, how big it, you know, how big of a deal I guess it really was. Even at the time, that was before he was, you know, John Cena five years later or whatever. You know what I mean? So, sure, sure. Um, and I think that kind of helped because, like, Mark was like, "Hey, yeah, John's, you know, John's, um, he's in town. You know, he's home for the week. He wants to link up, and you know, he has actually, you know, I knew he had been rapping and stuff like that. So he's like, oh, he wants to actually record like a legit rap song that you would yeah. go to that stuff, like, you know, like not like a flashy kind of commercial record, just like some underground stuff. So they came over. The room that we're in right now, I just remember pulling out a couple of different library records and being like, I don't, like mm-hmm. you like this? You like that? And then when he liked it, I just made the beat on the spot. It was one of the quickest beats. And then I called up a friend of mine. Nice. Who had, and they, I mean, he pretty much wanted to get on it. It wasn't like, you know, like, right. and I've done it for other people in different fields where it's like, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to make music. You kind of give them a beat. They kind of take it home and that's the end of it. But he was like, no, let's, yeah. can we go today and record vocals? So I was like, oh. Nice. Yeah, because we, we, you know, uh, Marcus and I also make music. I I used I used to make rap beats. I still sort yep. of do, but now I now I mostly make ambient music okay. and and music for film. Nice. And it's just interesting how you how there's always there's everyone wants to be a rapper until it's time yeah, to rap. Yeah, so yeah. it's always nice when. Because, you know, this, that, and the third, my cousin, my cousin's friend is like, yo, make me a rap yep, beat. Yep. And then you're like, okay, well, what's your budget? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Sure. And then, and then it's, and then it's just crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and what's, and what's interesting is you say, you know, you're not big into sports and it's not like Massachusetts has, has a, has, it's not like they're into sports oh, no, at all. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's funny. Even like I said, that, that stretch when I was DJing a lot of clubs, like the clubs would have been more like, I don't know, bottle service type places and they would have, Celtics players and stuff like that all the time and somebody would like whisper in my ear like so and so is at whatever table and like the name I have no idea <laughs> you know what I mean yeah that's so weird because yeah. it's like when I, I for one of my old jobs I had to relocate I was working in Boston for three months this was back in 2016 yeah. and when I got to the Boston office like right away it's how like the men would just identify me. They were just like, "Oh, you must be a Yankees fan." Like that. Like they didn't ask my name. And it's just like, and I'm like, I don't even like. I don't. I don't like the. I don't really like baseball. Yeah. And they were just yeah, like, was, "Wait, what?" Was, and it's like, so what? Are, so what are we going to talk about? Like that's that was kind of yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was I was clearly joking. You know, Massachusetts probably has probably the most famous 
Oh no! Oh yeah! No no! I caught that. Yeah no! Exactly. Aside Trust from like New York and and California, it's yeah. Um, and just because I'm gonna try to get us into talking about movies because we're we're a movie podcast, but I love yeah. I love I love everything we're talking about. Uh, John Cena, he's he's not the best wrestler actor. That goes to that for me. That's Bautista, hands down. Both of us. Both okay. Of us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say, yeah. But his he's a very good comedic he's, actor. You know, I De- I've gone to a few with Marks like in the last not yeah. we, we went last year. So pretty much any time you know Raw comes to town, not any time, but like you know occasionally Mark will go and he'll ask me or whoever to go with him, and <laughs> it's pretty amazing watching every you know even if John you know a lot of the more recent ones John hasn't been there but just watching all of the wrestlers you know it's literally like a two-hour stage play <laughs> and uh right yeah it's i don't know it's it's and you know obviously you're so close to see it it's just it's it's highly entertaining i'll say that much um yeah. you know i was just at a show at msg uh, a couple of days after christmas yeah. with my with my brother-in-law we had a lot yeah, of fun, it's, but it was also it's a it's a, it's a blast I, I i get why it's yeah. It's a fucking blast, you know? Even more than... I mean, obviously, yeah, I've been to uh, Red Sox games and Celtics games, which is fun, too. And, you know, obviously, you get into it. But, like, that's just, like, some other stuff, you know? I used to meet... So, like, growing up, the Springfield Civic Center is where all the, like, big wrestling shows used yeah. to be. And, like, people would come even all the way from, like, the Boston area would drive in would drive into Springfield. Like, you just meet people talking, like, yeah, we made this long drive because it's just, like... <laughs> yeah. But now it's like now it's every you now now like a lot of times they 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 go to the garden they don't have to go all yeah. the way to Western yeah, yeah, Mass yeah, yeah. to do a wrestling show. But like uh, like you know John Cena has done some good action movies. Yes. But his performances in Blockers and Blockers definitely Blockers and Trainwreck. Trainwreck was, was great. It was yeah. just good acting. Well, yeah. You know exactly exactly. Yeah. The, you know uh, Trainwreck also had like LeBron James playing. A pretty good version of a fake LeBron James. Yeah, that was actually a very entertaining movie. I actually like that. Movie, I'm so. and I'm pretty excited for the the new one, the King of Staten Island, the new uh, Judd Apatow, because I really I don't know. There's something about this Pete Davidson kid. I think he has a lot of potential. So I'm gonna see what he has what he has to say. Uh, Big Time okay. Adolescence was actually pretty good. But going, okay. but, but going back to, I think now he's finally when you're cast in the right thing. I think this is, it's not, it's kind of happening for The Rock now finally. But like when you get in a good, when you get in like a good movie, like this new Fast and Furious movie, looks yep. really really good, and it mostly looks good because of John Cena because it's like a oh which, which face one is that because which Nine. one is that because Hobbs and Shaw was actually dope. For what and it was, what, and but what's also weird is when I tell people because Fast Nine now has John Cena and it's like okay. Fast Ten is supposed to be the last one, and I just like all right, so you have The Rock and Cena are in the same universe. Clearly, Ten is going to be them, yeah. in the same, but everyone is like, no, that's not going to happen. I was like, why wouldn't? I don't understand why that. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, that's that, why wouldn't you, you want? You need that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, Mister, uh, so. Uh, what are some of your favorite movies? What are you feeling this year? Like, what's what's some of your favorite shit? What like what do you like? What do you enjoy? What did I see. I saw uh, the Invisible Man right before everything shut yeah, down. That was one of the last movies I saw in the theater as well. 
Yeah. yeah. And I actually enjoyed that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that one a real lot, actually. Yeah. What did I... I'm trying to think what... I feel like I've seen everything. What did I love, though? That's what I'm trying to think. If you throw some... I mean, I, I probably have seen everything that, that that's worth seeing. I we think, recently so. watched the Sonic movie. We actually enjoyed that. For people who don't... We don't <laughs> yeah. have families, and but we still, we still enjoyed it. All right. Okay. I have not seen that. I'm trying. Uh, that's actually that's on Prime, right? You can you can buy that, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can rent it, or or, or you, you you can buy it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I can read you every movie from 2020 I've seen. <laughs> okay, go you go for it. Uh, Sonic, which you've not seen. The, not seen. No, the, no. the half of it, uh, coming of age. Uh, How was Chinese that? lesbian. Uh, it was excellent. Okay. Blood Blood Quantum. Uh, zombie film on a native Canadian reservation. Did not see that. Extraction. Is that is that good or no? It's yes. good. It is. It definitely is. That, no, that one, I, I started it two days ago, and I wasn't paying attention like the first 20 minutes, and I, I like I was like, let me just start, and I, I haven't restarted Like ap- After that 20 minutes, the fight choreography just gets That's insane. That's what I figured, because I was like, I just want to know who's who and who's kids who, and like I was kind of confusing stuff, because I was doing it right. while texting, so I kind of was like, let me just like actually pay attention. Because a lot of people have said it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as right. far as like action, it's, it is a yeah. good action movie. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, then Bad Trip, which is one of my movies of the year. Both of our movies. Have you had a chance to see that? I have not. Oh, the Eric Andre Lil Rel uh, prank road movie. Yeah, it's great. Then, what else did I see? I saw Main Event because Marcus told me to see it, which is a <laughs> not. It was cute. Did you yeah. see that? I, I did not. No, no, I skipped that. And no. there was, I mean, there was obviously this terrible news that happened this week, um, which will, which I don't know when this episode is coming out, but we can say we can still say rest in peace to Shad from uh, Crime Time. Who was like? Yeah. Who were heavily associated with John Cena when he when he was getting big? Because their whole thing was like the hip hop gimmick. Also, he I don't know if you know he passed away a few days ago. Oh, I, oh, like, yeah, like no. saving, yeah. his, saving his son. Yeah, he got caught like like the tide caught him. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like that shit happened so fast. I have a friend that passed away like 14 years ago. Uh, rest in peace, Carlozo. Who, um, yeah, he was just out fishing and then. You know, shit happens so fast. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> Speaking, but to to go back to like nautical stuff, have either of y'all seen the movie Blow the Man Down that came out on Amazon this year? No. What's that? So it's uh it's um it's like sort of like a a New England murder sort of thriller oh, sort of thing. I know exactly what you're talking I haven't oh. seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's, like, you said it's like American black comedy thriller uh, uh, directed by Bridget Savage Cole and Daniel Crudy. It has Marcus's friend, um, Eben, yeah. Eben Moss, Eben Moss Backrack. And basically... Yeah. And Amherst, Amherst alum. You know... Uh, if y'all if y'all are you know if y'all have that that New England pride it's it's good <laughs> and it's got it's interspersed with these fishermen singing sea shanties okay and it's got like this sort of like um grandma mafia vibe going on okay okay and yeah. it's it's dark but it's it's nice 
And yeah, I saw I saw Big Time Adolescence. Uh, we're really big fans of Eliza Hitman's Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. That, um, you know, but uh, let me not just like read every single movie I saw this year. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite movies? Like you, one thing, like, one oh, reason, uh, one I mean, reason are you we a wanted, Hitchcock? one reason oh, we wanted to have you on was was like obviously like your samples show yes. that you're that you like some movies. So yeah. uh, Hitchcock. I like Hitchcock a lot. Um, but I, in your email, I remember kind of thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. Um, he's, I've obviously seen pretty much all of his movies, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't say he's like my favorite. Like, when I, you know, if I had to like rattle off, I don't think Hitchcock would be in my top uh, 10 or 20, which I don't, oh, wow. I don't know how so, blasphemous that is. <laughs> no, I mean, he's not in any of ours. He's not, he's not in either of ours, and we, no, we okay, consider yeah, ourselves yeah. cinephiles, so it's he's like, not yeah, in yeah. my He's not in my top 20, honestly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because I, I was like, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I'm a huge Brian De Palma fan who I know obviously made a career out of uh, Hitchcock's work, but I was just kind of looking at it from like, what do I, what, movie do I what I enjoy better watching if I you know when I'm just like let me put on something I've seen before and I rarely do that with really any Hitchcock stuff sure. um, so like, so who are your top who are Brian your top Palma, five nice. okay I've really been liking Steven Soderbergh a lot lately I've been really doing a deep dive into his stuff and oh, he, you he, just, might be you just my, spoke, he might be a top 20 you just spoke you just spoke to Marcus because because okay yeah. We both love Soderbergh's remake of Solaris, but Marcus. So thank I, you. Yeah. I might have tweeted at. I might have hit you up, Marcus, about that because. I, 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 yeah, I think you did. Yeah. By the remakes, it's probably one of my favorite movies. I think the way he told the story and it's yes. just it's flawless. And the All score, right. the score is also Cliff Martinez d- killed it. Unbelievable, okay. Cliff Martinez score. So all around, that movie is just like. It nails it. I know at the time it came out, it was kind of didn't really do well. Because I think it's a knee jerk. I think it's a knee jerk thing. I, I've come and I'm not lying. I've, I've, between college, I was in college when the movie came out. To now, I meet people who literally this has happened to me more than three or four times. When you bring that up, and they're like, "Oh, that movie's terrible." I'm like, have you yes. actually seen it? And they go, "No." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, wait a minute. You said you haven't seen it, but you said it's terrible. That doesn't make any sense." I just think. As much as I, I mean, Tarkovsky is one of my favorite filmmakers. Same. I always try to tell people that with Solaris, Soderbergh, who might be one of the top three cinephile movie lover directors yep. out there, Easily. I think yeah. he took the story of Solaris, which is a three-hour movie, and I think you this any when you have a piece of art that you want to share with people, it's like, oh, I don't think they're going to like this. He tried to make a shareable version of Solaris, of yes. one of his favorite yeah, movies. Yeah. So he made a 90-minute version of Solaris, just focused on the love story. Yep. And I really, I, I really dig that, and just the atmosphere. The, going back to the music again, like I, I, I really, yeah. And I think with, and that's the thing with a lot of his movies, and I think that's why I said recently he's like, obviously he's done a lot of super successful movies. So I think maybe that's why, for myself at least, I, I might have, you know, I'll think of more of the kind of, you know, uh, directors, director type directors, if that even yeah. makes sense, you know? But, so, you know, uh, well, Soderbergh, he's done, like, like I said, you know, he's done, like, the Oceans trilogy, he's done, like, Traffic, he's done these, you know, Aaron, you know, these movies that are just huge that, you know, for some people, they might not, you know, the craftsmanship that goes into what he did with those movies, and other movies, like, Logan Lucky and stuff like that, that's just, like, a regular yeah, comedy. We well, we honestly, so, if I had to list my favorite Soderbergh movies in in order 
it would be probably Solaris, Logan Lucky, Out of Sight, Sex yeah. Lies videotape. Those, okay. those are those Which are my he just favorites. wrote a se- he wrote a sequel to in quarantine. Did Which it, one? Sex Lies. Uh, sex Lies on videotape. Yeah. Well, he wrote. Well, he wrote that, and he wrote another movie as well. Because that. Well, I mean, Soderbergh is a guy who's released. He cranks about. He's done two to three movies. You know, like in a year. He cranks so, them out. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, uh, have, he's you seen, that, have you seen? Oh, go ahead. He's in that Sidney Lumet, Woody Allen, um, Fassbender, Fassbender, yep. Kurosawa, um, sort of thing of just like, boom, 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 boom. Did I, did I say Robert Altman? Oh, Robert Altman too. You know what I love too? There's a lot of younger people who love like Eric Andre, Tim and Eric, yep. like. Whatever, and then they discover his movie Schizopolis. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, I get where maybe some of that, you know, because some, oh, yeah, some of those guys that's will my cite fifth, that movie. That's my fifth one. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I was, I was doing great. this. I was doing this without Wikipedia in front of me. Because that's what I love. Because, like you said, Soderbergh will make a big blockbuster, but in the same year or the very next year, he'll make a movie that he knows will not make a profit. Yeah, but he'll still like do it just, I guess, to sharpen his pen or. But also, that's, like, the thing that people used to say back in the day. Like, you would do a big movie so you could do your small movie. Like, Nicolas Cage was doing big movies so he could do Leaving Las Vegas. Yep. Which, if you rewatch, that movie is rough as shit. Yeah. And it's also very good. Um, I just want to say one more thing. One... With what you just said about Solaris, you are automatically invited back <laughs> forever. Okay. And right. I just think, like, there's no question that Tarkovsky's Solaris is a masterpiece. It's like, yeah. duh. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Got it. Now, what's, what Soderbergh was able to do with his remake was was somehow add his other layers, his other flavors, yeah. and add this this different point of view to it and this new context. And that's yeah. why I think it's dope. And I think people are able now, farther further away from it, to, to give it a chance if they watch it. But the thing that we talk about the show a lot of times is people have opinions about movies that they've never watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like I hate yeah. it. I'm like, ah. Uh, but so yeah, what, what? So what are what are you vibing out on? And I also just want to say like, yeah, Brian De Palma may, is really into into Hitchcock, but. Yeah, what really, like, what really makes people great is what they do with their influence. Yeah, it's right? just like I think a lot of his movies. Like I, I mean, I think during the quarantine, the first half, I, so I've been working. Uh, my dad has a Greek restaurant, so I've been working there. They reopened a couple weeks ago, so I kind of been. Uh, I've been there every day now. Um, so okay, the first that's th- dope. That's dope. Family's yeah, yeah, important. Family's everything for sure. But you know, he's like half. He's it's obviously only takeout. He's like half half staff. So. Um, but before that, I rewatched a bunch of shows. I rewatched The Wire. I rewatched Mad Men. I rewatched like a bunch of series that I loved. That I was like, you know, that it was kind of like, especially with The Wire. I I, ha- I saw that in real time when it was out in the early two thousands, and I hadn't right. watched it since. And I, you know, it was like almost like watching. A, I forgot so many things about it and so mm-hmm. many subplots and stuff like that. So that was enjoyable. Um, but I always end up rewatching old movies like at night when I either work on music or anything. Mm-hmm. I always have the TV on in the house. So no matter what I'm doing, there has to be something on in the background that's like mildly entertaining in the sense of like if I'm going to work on some music uh, and I put the TV on, it has to be something that I'm the same way. I'll spend right. like tw- I'll spend 20 minutes to find 
a movie to have to have all two rooms over. Same for no, no. for no apparent reason. So I've been watching. No. I've been watching a ton of rewatching a ton of his, which I. So that's why I think I, I reference him because like his movies are probably the, the most watched in the sense of like a lot of the plots aren't necessarily the greatest. I don't think, but the movies right. just they're just enjoyable to watch no matter what scene you're on. It's just something that draws you in, and you know he just the way he can kind of finesse a shot. Um, I can just you know I like again I'll walk by going to the fridge and I'll end up watching like a half hour just because you get pulled in. Um, yeah. But I was rewatching Body Double a lot, which uh, nice. You know, oh, I love that movie. It does have I I love it too, but I, like the plot's just like it's like the the I'm forgetting the actor's name who's in all his movies who plays the the Indian. They call him. That's his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it just, yeah. just from jump, like the makeup and everything about it's so bad that you're like, all right, this is obviously that guy. Um, but I do love the soundtrack to it. It's um, the Pino Dinaggio score. Um, oh. it's when I look through the telescope, so you know I, I've been. And there's the scene with the drill, with uh, yeah. that's you know, mm. so over the top that it's just like you know, <laughs> a lot of cocaine. I'm sure was thrown around at that point. That, <laughs> I also that, rem- in that decision making. Yeah. I remember the first time when I start like when I started making when I started sampling with beats and like I realized that movie scores are perfect. Oh you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just like, all right, here, boom, this is the dope this is the dopest shit. You can take almost any anything any, any record that, that doesn't have a too symphonic of a score yep. and you still can't do it with a symphonic store but yeah you can yeah, yeah 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 when i was finding like sci-fi records or or like old you know black exploitation records or and you're like yeah. wait i could just and also you could be very clever you know as someone was sampling clearing samples sucks but it's, it's very it's very yeah, hard yeah. to catch a snare that you take from somewhere or a a single stab yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I grew up idolizing Premiere, obviously, like most people. Yeah. And like soundtracks, definitely, you could was a it was a good way to, you know, mimic his style. I guess you could say, which I think a lot of people in my age bracket did when they first started making beats. I mean, um, I'm I'm I think I'm a, a little I'm 37. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm old. I'm probably the oldest in this Zoom chat right now. <laughs> so, so but forty four years old. So okay, I, w- I was I was I was trying to mimic Premier as well. I mean, yeah, because that because he was he was one of the best. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I I also remember in on Moment of Truth where he just made a track calling out people who were putting out yes, putting yeah, out. Yeah putting out like the ultimate breaks and beats compilation records and those and... yeah those were like a, um i remember those especially back then uh you know definitely late 90s to like early 2000s like sampling off like a compilation was was a faux pas oh it was like don't even do it don't even own them forget about doing it don't but even I, own and them. I re- but i, I totally like... i totally bought them because sometimes i wanted to hear the records like if you listen if you listen to what primo used for come clean it's genius it's incredible. It's funny because I remember in, Am- in, in in Amherst we had a Newberry Comics and they used to release those records and I remember reading that initially I was like, 
damn, you guys are trying to get these dudes sued. Like, that was the that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, yo, literally sampled by so-and-so on this song. It's like, wow. Like, I remember being 15, 16 and going like, oh, you guys are the, the police. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Or the feds, rather. And it's, it's complex, right? Because, like, you know, when... I want people to buy my records and I want, I want people to take care, to be taken care of. And we all, but at the same time, sample laws are really unnecessarily prohibitive. Oh, it's yeah. Cause, it's, cause I want, I want to sample and make sure the person I'm sample is getting bread. Sure, but sure. the fact that there's no basic statutes for it, you know, yeah. And it's the process can be very long and tedious, and I mean I've done, I've been through the process of clearing samples, and it's just like, right, you know, for other artists and whatever. It's just it's a, it's it sucks, you know. Also, like be, <laughs> be be creative with it, which you are, of course. Sure. Like, and but also talking about like the snitching, and also like sometimes how easy it is and shit. I remember a few years ago, this this label came out with a CD that was called All the Breaks. And it was like, it was like three all drums, all every drum break, three hundred of them. I know the kid who I I believe on one of those he used a quote from me. I don't know what I said. I, he contacted me saying I'm doing this thing, and it was it's probably like ten years ago maybe or something like that. Or yeah, and of course it was, and like yeah, would I have bought it in 1997? No, but yeah. like when I having a CD that has every single drum record that I'm looking for. Yeah, like there's you know there's certain there's certain snare sounds and certain timbres that yep. you know you want. Like there's that yeah. Al Green rim shot that you want. Like yeah, of course. Is it nice to 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 break out my vinyl and put it on put it on my my yes. record player and throw on the white label cartridge <laughs> and put that into my Fender amp and then put that into my Pro Tools? Yes, of course. But I yeah, I, yeah. I can't I can't do that all the time. Well, there's so yeah, there's so many younger kids now that I've kind of I've met in recent years. Like you know, I opened up a record store in Somerville. Wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So the kid uh, next to me, Loman, he makes beats. You know, it's like a lot of the lo-fi right. stuff, and um, you know, they'll sample whatever. They don't like, and I don't say that in a bad way. I'm saying it. They're just kind of like what the ultimate goal is, just to have something that sounds good that connects to whoever it is. And I think. You know, even with Zarface, that was like one of the biggest things. I think I spent a lot of the Seven Alice Tarek stuff, like being overly like find like the rarest sample and don't use drums that were used before. Whatever it was, it was very like a lot of rules were attached to right. my process. And I and I kind of think looking back, it took a lot of the fun out of it. Right, and you can you can hate on it or be like, this is this is awesome. Like like in nineteen ninety six. It cost three thousand dollars to start making beats, and yes. <laughs> and the fact that there's all this access, and the thing is, the the people who are good, well, no, the people who are great still shine through because it's not hard to be good yep. at something. Like no. you can yeah. you can just get some stuff and be good, be passable, yeah. Yeah. be whatever. But but what the difference between good and great is instincts. It's it's putting in the extra thing. It's knowing when to, to do certain things and do certain and do whatever. Like, and now you, that's yeah. why you have kids using like SP four Oh fours and like going back to NPCs right now. Cause they're like, ah, just let yep. me just like 
have fun makes and makes and makes exactly, some dope yeah. shit and you can get an NPC for five hundred dollars versus versus what it was <laughs> yeah. back in the day and I it was hundred and fifty hundred I got I got one of my one of my NPCs I got off of Craigslist my NPC two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. I, I I gave mine and I st- and, it, and it works beautifully it, it, well those things are yeah. tanks like. From the sixty through the like the two thousand X, like they're just built like ten. You can. I have I, mean, I, I have a couple it. of questions that yeah. I would be remiss if I wasn't able to ask. Um, All right, go go so, for it. Go for it. One, I'm just going to ask a couple things, and then and then maybe you can you can answer just because this okay. is this has been one of our awesomest interviews. I just want to say, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hopefully, I'm not I'm not jumping. No. You're, you're, no, you're talking to the right people. All if right. it comes to jumbling, you're, you're, cool. in the, you're, you're in the right. You're in a safe space. All right, I told Mark. I told Marcus I'm not. I'm not the greatest public speaker, so I, I, I might say like, yeah, you know, a lot. Or that, that's but, okay. okay. No, no, sure. We've, we've all, you know, we're now a hundred, almost hundred thirty episodes in the game, and we still say like and um. We just work. We just yeah, work on you. saying yeah, yeah. It, it less. It yes okay and again yeah feel free to edit. My pauses, awkward pauses. Is, is we're, well, we're going to edit them to be. We're going to edit them to be even longer, which le- which leads me to. <laughs> that might be uh, good. That might be actually which pretty leads, good. Which leads me to uh, a couple questions. Okay. One, um, what what are you making beats on these days? Two, two, uh, what was it like doing Zarface record with MF Doom, one of the greatest rappers of all time, who who also is well known for making wonderful collaboration records. And two, yep. how the, three, excuse me. How how did you guys <laughs> get caught up with your mom's house which is like my guilty my guiltiest pleasure podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, what I'm I'm using now I think I was using Ableton um, on the first couple of Zarface records. Uh, that was, I learned, so let me backtrack a little bit. I was using like an MPC up until like 2006, okay. uh, the uh, 2000 Excel. And I, I had an SP that I used on the first couple albums. Yep. I, I, yes, I definitely. It's a little more, te- yeah, yeah. It's a little more tedious in the process. It just takes forever to do stuff. So I used to, I used to have an SP 12 turbo for many, many oh, no kidding. years. So turbo. So I, I, I understand a, a 1200 is like an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And even that's obviously it's just the process i like to really just move on things fast and if the idea is good enough then i'll spend i can spend that's a week why on that's it. why ableton that is part. so dope because you can just it's so good but so i initially learned on acid though oh shit i've been um, i've been i still use i still use acid sometimes because it has so that's it has uh-huh. one of the smoothest uh time stretching oh it's so that's what i'm using now so i i start on acid i got um Todd, uh, who, who, who I was working with on the first two Zarface records, um, he was using Ableton, so just to kind of make things flow a little better, I was using Ableton. You know, I'd usually, like, cut up samples, bring them over to his place. He'd play on top. In some cases, maybe replay the mm-hmm. sample, depending on, you know, uh, I don't know how much you wanted to let stuff hang out. And, yeah, so that was my process then. But now I, I'm strictly using, I use the 404 to like if i'm tapping out drums mm-hmm. or if i want to add some like interesting oh wow yeah so if i want to add like i usually with bass lines and stuff like that i'll use it um just to add a little texture to it just to give it something a little wow. different kind of like you know 
a little different edge. I won't really make the full beat on there. Sometimes I'll chop the samples up in it because it'll make it like a little more sloppy. Um, but then I'll bounce mm -hmm. them all into acid. So I'll just make waves of everything into two, four bar, eight bar loops. And then I just rearrange everything in acid now. I mean, Ableton, oh, wow. I, I did something in Ableton recently. Um, there was more of like a remix. So I kind of needed uh, a little more capability than like acid's pretty much bare bone. I, I use acid more or less as like a sequencer. Mm. I don't really, I don't use any plugins or anything going on with it. I mean, you know whatever maybe an occasional echo or something like that but for the most part i just track stuff out on it i'm not really doing anything in it outside of moving around stuff that i've already pre-made uh on the 404 so like drums drum loops or like you know cutting up certain samples um right now i've been working with jeremy page he's actually in brooklyn he's an amazing musician um he does stuff with like handsome devil and stuff like that uh i've known him for a while so he would actually in some cases uh, replay full samples so I'll be like you know I'll make the beat send it to him and he'll replay it change it just enough so we won't get in trouble and then I'll remake it back on my end uh, or we kind of keep it as is he'll play on top of it if we kind of want to risk the sample so I've been working with him a lot in that sense so he'll be sending he'll send me back like you know a couple minutes of uh, keyboards or strings or whatever it is and I can kind of pick and choose from that um, you know and it's just easier in acid, you know, you paint the thing out, it's just kind yeah. of, it is what it is. Again, like I said, I'm using it more as like, uh, you know, a sequencer, I guess, for lack of a, you know, more well-rounded term, but right. um, not really making beats in there, it's just the beats are kind of, and you know, a lot of it's just from records, I'll literally play a record on top of a drum beat and just like chop the for chop mm -hmm. the section up in acid and just repeat it, you know Right, I mean? you're, you, you're, uh, it's you're not, using it's, it as a, as a tool for routing. Like, perfect. That's actually perfect. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because it's like, obviously, if we're talking Massachusetts, it would also be hard, even though I originally from Maryland, to not talk about Edan, who also like has. He, I wouldn't say he's my friend. I'd say he's a he's a friend. He's a he's a he's an acquaintance. He got he okay, got yeah. me yeah. he got me a birthday present once, which was nice. So, so that's that's something. You guys, you guys are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, D D like DJing for insight. Like I was around Edon, you know, obviously, a lot, especially during that. It, it was in the early two thousands yep, when yep. they were, and essentially, yeah. it came to those like they do a thing where they would like DJ on stage. It's like I guess you guys don't really like you don't really right. need me. It was <laughs> yeah. And then over time, it's like what am and I? Like obviously, obviously, uh, rest in peace, Peyton Locke, who 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 worked. Yes, Bril brilliant oh, rapper, yeah. brilliant DJ, yeah, 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 and just yeah. a fucking yeah. good person. Like every time he'd roll in the yeah, city yeah, and we'd hang out, like he'd be like, "How are you? What are you doing?" Like and remember shit too, like we, you know. Um, but like, uh, also, Eden randomly sends me rare rap songs every once in a while. Uh, do you okay. know? Do you know? Do you know? Um, Chances with Wolves, the DJ Squad. Yep. Okay, so I used I made I, I made a couple records with Cray of there and they have they just made an episode called the rap tape uh do you, okay, do okay. you have that i'm, I'm sending I that to you right now because okay because okay. it's like it's right. deep cut it's deep cut rap and it's all very good because because oh, cool, uh, marcus cool. just gave me your email address so it's it's not like it's not on some weird shit um and but like uh i remember when Edan made that that echo party like Yep. which yeah. has the if you want to lose your mind the liner notes on there 
he explains every second, every little thing he does. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was yeah. like, you know, I use Serato just as, as a, as a device to make sure everything was in phase. Yeah. So that was, that was my long ass drawn out way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like I'm, a, I, I think, look, when I, when I got back into it, I guess, like when we did the Zarfe stuff, when I was making beats again, I think I was like self-conscious of the fact, like all the other producers I knew were using Ableton or, you know, Pro Tools or NPC, you know, whatever it was, you know, Acid was frowned upon. I, mean, I think even by that point, Fruity Loops was even considered like the standard. You know what yeah. I mean? So Acid was kind of like, first of all, you're on a PC. Secondly, you're using Acid. Like, you know, what, what are you even doing? Making um, mu- making music, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Know, like, know, know, whatever. Yeah, it's like whatever you can do. Like, whatever. Like, if I look at a guy like DiBiase, who at this point, Mr. Like, he can make anything, any yeah. archaic, anything you give yeah. him, he can make. It's like whatever you feel comfortable Yeah, like, on. yeah, and same thing. Like, so, so, like, when I was talking about Loman, the, uh, He'd come in with like a pocket calculator and play like some crazy shit he just made off of it. I'm exactly. Just like, yeah. It's, it's just you know you you can, it's really about what. Uh, oh, there it is. Nice. I was like, I was like, oh shit, Chance of the Bulls. We were just talking about. That. Yeah. No. No. That's not. That's not the. That's not the singularity. That's that's me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? So I think the first couple albums I was using Ableton and I wasn't as quick as like obviously Acid I could do with my eyes closed. It's it's a very it's very user friendly and pretty simple you know um to use so like i think the last couple years i've been leaning more into it because i'm like at the end of the day like todd you know he's out in la right now he's working with a lot of different writers and like you know he he really was like pushing me in the sense to be like dude just don't like you said you don't get to change it up to the outcome is all that matters is the outcome and this yeah like it's not the 90s we don't have to fight for this shit anymore and yeah, exactly. People so, are just—it's—it's it's so hard to make art. So if you're making art, that's amazing. And and this also fits into like the movie thing because everyone's like, you got to do it this way, you got to do it that way. It's like, yeah. nah, bitch, you got to make—you got to make shit that's that moves you, that's beautiful, you know. Yeah. And also, I can't believe I didn't mention Haywire when we were talking about Steven Soderbergh. Good movie. Because Gina Carano yeah. uh, kills it, and she kills it. She's. You know, it's funny. I, I was going to say, it's like, there was a period where I was like, I thought she'd be, like, big after that movie. It didn't exactly, she was doing a lot of direct-to-video. But now, she's in, she's in The Mandalorian, yes, which yes, is really cool. Yes. And then, you know, she was in the first Deadpool movie. So, I think it's finally starting to, yeah, yeah. you know, she's getting her... Yeah, getting Mandalorian her I actually enjoyed. So, that was one thing I, I watched. Mm-hmm. There's a few things I've caught up on. Obviously, Mandalorian's been around for a minute. But, uh, yeah, but I was, I was glad to see her in there. Yep. Um, no, but, so... Uh, so Zarface made a record with MF Doom. Yeah, that that was dope as hell, and it's so awesome knowing that you made the beats in that way because the beats are, yeah. the beats are grimy, the beats are are disgusting. Thank like, you. It was um, obviously uh, a ton of fun to do. The, so the way we, we typically work, so I think we you know, the record we did with Doom and Ghostface, like so when we do an album, like we you know we're doing an album now, and we did an album you know, last November, uh, odds are against us. Typically when we do the recording, I'd say 70% of the time, the beats change to the fine, like when it's finally released, meaning we'll, I, we'll just remix it. I'll make a new beat. I'll send it to them. They might like it better. We'll play around with stuff in the sense of, you know, adding vocals onto new songs or rearrange. Basically 
it's a long, it's like a six month, seven month process of just constant tooling with until we're like, okay, we got to hand something in. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Doom record in particular, the not the only thing, but one thing was the beats that were sent. More or less, like what you're sending me is what the final product right. going to be. And it's not. I don't think that's the craziest uh, request. I think in the past when we've done that, like on the second record, especially where we had um, a good amount of guests, where we were changing beats, a lot of them would make a note of. Well, if I knew that was the beat I was rapping on, I probably would have rapped yeah, differently. Of course, but, yeah, of course, You know, it's, you know, it sounds dope. So I do understand that um, from a MC's perspective. Uh, so with the Doom, while obviously I'm happy with it, you know, there's probably I still will, you know, maybe reminisce on it and be like, I really wish I could have done X, Y, and Z differently. So uh, I just like. I'm throwing that out there, I guess, because that's the first thing I think about. Oh yeah, and I, I, I uh, totally, comment, I comment totally. And it's amazing because, because so y'all are, y'all are three of my four favorite faces because you guys are face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, five, five, two if you consider like if LP is laser face, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so y'all did a record with metal face. Y'all did a record with ghost face. Now you just gotta do a record yep. with Scarface. That would be definitely pretty good. <laughs> I would, I would, like. I don't. I, I think Scarface recently had some health issues, but um, yeah, yeah, he, he, full, he did. Full kidney failure. Uh, he did. Sorry, he kidneys did. Are, are done. But I would, yeah. I oh. would love to hear you guys. I because when he does rap over grimy beats, because yeah. I think I think as far as the South goes, he's one of the best. As far as like he, pillars yeah. of rap. Jeez. Oh shit! You know. Yo, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So one thing we have to do when we have rap dudes on, and I still want to know about Tom Segura, but oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah one, yeah. have you ever broke break danced, and and two, yes. if you, what was your breaker name? Oh, I didn't have necessarily a name that I could. Uh, so I live, I grew up in Peabody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peabody is considered the North Shore of Boston. And the breakdance crew was the North Shore breakdance. We had jackets and everything. So it was kind of cool. But I don't think – I didn't have a name as far as like, you know, uh, a breaking name at that point. You know, the only only name I had was when I started DJing, which was G-Swift. That was like in 1990. uh, That's a pretty good good name though. (laughs) G-Swift, yeah. yeah, It was, uh, you know, it was – a product of its time, yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and, that, that, but definitely, I think when we did the first, uh, obviously, Seven Else Terror record, I was it on. Yeah, when we did the first God, uh, God Complex record, which predates um, Seven Else Terror. That's when I was like. I remember Esoteric actually saying something like, are you sure you want G-Swift? Because, you know, that was our first mm-hmm. big record. You're kind of thinking that this is, like, the biggest thing in the world. He was like, so are you sure before we do the credits you want G-Swift to be the, <coughs> excuse me, to be the yeah. name? Because that's going to be, you know, my, you know, immortalized forever. My, and I was like, no, you know what? No, I, I got to think of something more out there. Because this obviously was, like, was very much into ultramagnetic right. MCs and, Doctor Octagon, so I was like, "No, we, we got. I gotta get like more, in, more interesting with it." And uh, my yeah, my first the, my uh, first production credit was Scrod Body the Beatsmith, and I'm okay. glad I changed. I'm glad I changed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but I guess the thing is, like, 
we, you don't even now we don't when something when you like something or you're a fan of something no matter how goofy a name might be you know you kind of roll right. with it as a fan you know so if like i was g swift i don't think people today would yeah i mean rap names aren't particularly good some of them are but yeah. but you like them because you like sure. them but yeah. okay how did y'all get in the world of tom segura and christina Pajinski and your mom's house esoteric I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank which i know it's something very obvious but what is it oh so okay this is uh, so yeah okay Dur. Completely obvious. Sorry. Um, so Esso had referenced. And he's very good at like. I mean, he's so with stuff like wrestling. Um, you know, he has a lot of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and he and, and, and he actually, you know, like uh, Batista, just people like that. He's he actually talks to pretty frequently and sends them like our. Oh no! Way. Yeah, and sends them our, our shirts and whatnot. So he is and. Tom Segura and stuff like that. He was obviously a big fan of. He referenced Tom in one of yeah. our songs, and um, his fans had sent it to him, like, "Hey, you know this guy mentions you." Because their fans are, they yes. yes. they are. I mean, I consider myself a fan. I listen to it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. call myself a mommy or anything. Yeah, so but, yeah, like like I, I've had a few people that I'm friends with uh, hit me up with like I didn't know you were a mommy and I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> huh. Obviously, I do now, but at the time I was like, I, yeah, I, like I'm almost, like, I'm I almost, like, I, I, whenever like we have certain episodes that that cross into other genres, like I'll post on Reddit or yeah. something, but I, I'm almost yeah, yeah. afraid to post this to to the, to the mommies because <laughs> like I don't yes. know if I can handle it, you know, because. They're a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so I think that in that, like, I think his fans and our fans kind of tagging him, mm-hmm. like, you know, about the reference, um, he had contacted uh, SO just on some, like, you know, it's dope or whatever. And he's a rap head. He had retweeted it, I think. He's a rap head. He, he has, is, like, real yeah, yeah. taste in rap music. It's Exactly. So I think the more that they talked, they kind of just became, you know, more friendly than just like a reference you know i think he had asked he had said something like kind of casually in one of the conversations like dude we got to do a video for it or if you do a video not we got to do it but if you do a video i want to do the cameo on my part so we had a show coming up in la um and i think we yeah we we more or less just you know a a friend of ours mike pesci who did our uh first couple videos in our face uh he was living out there uh, I mean, he's he's living out there, should I say? And um, we kind of just hit him up, and we're like, "Hey, if we're gonna be out there for like three days. We'll come a day earlier if you, you know, if it's in your schedule. We just, you know, we want to get this video done. And you know, Tom Segura wants to be in it, so I think mm. it'd be dope. And then kind of from there, it morphed into the whole video for Bizarro. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, of course I have. I'm no, I I'm I I'm a I I listen. So I'm I'm in social work school. I work in mental health. Okay. I okay. I I do really important. Wow, I feel terrible. That was that was gross. I I, I work very, like, like during the <laughs> pandemic, like I've been providing therapy and helping resources. Gotcha. So so okay. your mom's house is sort of my way to just like escape. escape. And warning yeah. to anyone on this show that's never listened to it, it's. It's out there. It's it, my, 
It's free. It, Look, myself included. It is. Yeah. Like I, I obviously I was familiar with him and, and, and Christina's comedians and knew they had a podcast, but I, I, you know, I wasn't listening like Esso yeah. was. So when we went, when we went to do uh, the filming, it was more or less like, like, okay, we're going to treat it like mm-hmm. a show. And then they just, you know, she's just coming off with like, you know, yeah, <laughs> just like, <laughs> hmm. um, there's some stuff that was edited um, from the video because it might uh, it might be taken with the wrong context. Right. But there was some out there stuff, and uh, yeah, I was like, oh shit, you know, I, I, I guess the, the video was great. It was hilarious. Yeah, you know, I was, I don't, I don't feather it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of that was really kind of spur of the moment stuff. Um, obviously, initially, I think when we first first were like, hey, Mike, we're going to be in L.A. Uh, for a show, but we also want to shoot uh, Tom Segura's part for this video. More or less, from there, it kind of morphed into what it was. Like Mike was like he, super creative guy, and he just got he just got like, why don't we make this a bigger mm-hmm. thing? Why don't we see if Tom can, you know, let's resurrect his uh, DJ, DJ Dad, dad Bond yeah. character and yeah yeah yeah. So like uh, DJ Dad, dad mouth, you know, so, the water so, so, champ, Dad Mouth, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, Dad Bond. I've been referencing that a lot lately with my own personal uh, body, but. You know, so it kind of morphed into like, hey, if this guy's around to uh, to do, you know, one cameo, maybe he's around for like an mm-hmm. hour. We just need him for an hour to do everything else. And surprisingly, he was like, he kind of was like, no, nah, dude, I'm around for this afternoon on this day, like, like a four hour block. Like, let's, let's get yeah. it done. You know, he was because he was he was psyched to be in it, you know, like more than just like a quick cameo shot of, you know, saying what's up or whatever during that line. And we kind of just made it work and, you know, he incorporated some show footage we had the next night, uh, two nights yeah. later. And it was just really good. You know, like, uh, it just really worked out. And a lot of times, uh, thing, yeah, it just kind of happened that I don't want to say that easily. Cause obviously it's not easy, but it was really that simple. Whereas he heard the reference, um, and more or less was like, Hey guys, like, you, like you do a video for this, yeah. I want to be in it. We're like, oh shit, okay, we'll do a video for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, nice. It just like the song and you know every, everything kind of came together really good on both sides of that. I think um, that you know and that record, like so, like I said, we did the Doom record and the Ghostface record back to back, and in both cases, um, we didn't have a lot of room as far as like you know it's like, okay, we want to do this record. And then you have that opportunity to jump on that record at that moment. So it's like, okay, what beats do I have that, you know, I think are good that I want them on. And obviously, um, that can change over time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with both of those records, the ghost face and, the yeah. record, which we, you know, very proud of, uh, there were a lot of changes I think I would make on the music side that, uh, I think when we finally did, the next Zarface record, the uh, the odds are against us, which is our most recent record. That one's a little more like true to form as far as like, you know, variety and like the sonics of it and kind of being able to have a little more fun with it, and a little more room mm-hmm. with it, um, you know. Because when you're working with somebody else, you're kind of on their schedule, yeah. you're on their time. You know, you're you're a little much more. Even though we're doing our thing as far as like, you know, this is like this is a Zarface record. You're still you know, you, you, it's a collaboration. So, like, you know, we are giving up a little bit of some of the things that we do uh, in order to make right. the collaboration work. So, but it works. Those records are dope. Thank you. Yeah, and and you know, we we have we have some stuff actually in the works right now. I, I, I 
you know, some of it's floating around, I think, on the internet. But uh, we had some, we had a record store day release that is uh, delayed a little bit, you know, because of COVID nineteen. Um, so we have a shot. We have an opportunity now to kind of get the record we want out with certain people we've done stuff. So, uh, but yeah, we're, we're still we're still recording. Um, we're you know still making beats. I try to make beats a couple nights a week. Amazing. Whether nice. it's beats, I mean, a lot of it's honestly it's it ends up retooling old, um, not old. I'm sorry. It just it, it's just retooling Zarfay songs are already working. Right. So like last night, we remixed a song that we had done for like six months. You know what I mean? So, um, oh, well, I'm man. trying to get more in the process of just making newer beats that are just available. So when people ask me for beats, I right. have beats, but I've never really been. I, I think that that's one thing I've accepted. I'm not like a beat tape kind yeah. of guy, like a rapper. is like, send me Same. some beats. I, I, I'm I not do, comparing. I don't you're, work you're like that. considerably more successful than me. But yeah, like, you know. <laughs> I've always felt that, that that would always, I mean, I guess obviously it hasn't happened with you guys, but I've always felt like when you're primarily in a group yeah. and then you do other beats. Like, like my joke in life has always been like, <clears throat> you know, your guru, rest in peace, and you're in Gangstar. Yeah. Like imagine hearing like some of the group like the group homes first album or like J Rue's first yeah, two yeah, albums yeah, or like yeah, something yeah, she yeah. did for Nas. Personally I'd be like, yo, what the yeah. fuck? Like yeah. yo, can I get those first? Like like that's kinda how I would you know. Like like if you wanna work with me, I will spend as long as you yeah. want until we get it right. And it'll be it'll be a great final product. But I'm just like so I'll you know, I'll end up making some beats that I maybe might be in my, you know, for my taste, a little bit generic, right. you know, because I'm like, I don't know what this person exactly. wants. I don't know. Like, because mm-hmm. a lot of the music, a lot of the Zarface stuff, after the beat's done, a lot of the other stuff that goes along with it, the character is like quirky vocal samples or beat switches or, or whatever it is that kind of, I think, gives um, the Zarface sound its, like, edge. So for me, it's like, until I hear vocals, right. you know, I... I don't really know what to do for it. Well, because you create you know? a skeleton, and then there's yeah. there's rap songs, and then there, there's like tracks, and then there's songs, and and exactly, songs yeah. have like some sauce and some flavor, and it's a hundred percent, you know. And and I think that is you know a little bit of my Achilles heel, where it's like I can't do it because like a lot of times I think you're doing okay I'll send stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I I always joke about it with Jeremy because you know we do a lot of music together, and I'm like. You know, I'm really trying to get us to just get some outside work. Not in the sense that we're not busy right. or, or satisfied, but it'd be nice to just, I don't know, spread our wings a sure. little bit. You know, I think what we've done with Zarface is, is great. Jeremy's like a huge part of making it go from like just some rap beats into something more musical because, you know, he plays every instrument. He's able to like, you know, add a little more arrangement to the music and the samples mm-hmm. that, that exists beyond what my capabilities are. You know, I'm only, I'm pretty much uh, stuck, and I don't mean this in a right. bad way, but I'm stuck with whatever records I have, whatever samples I'm working with. That, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, why don't you, you love movies, why don't you try to do music for movies? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I can't play an it's instrument. It's easier said than done. Like, and, uh, scoring, scoring with samples is not impossible, but it's difficult. And sure. Yeah. Like, like you know, like Fight Club, and like I know, I know that there's a couple soundtracks that have like you know, Dust Brothers have done some where it works, but you know, even beyond that, it's uh, you know. And uh, 
I have I have a couple questions because one thing we always yeah. do when we have people on who are in the rap world are is who are your favorite rappers and also uh, okay. you know uh, Cement Threes with Rock Marciano. Uh, yes, that song that song makes me want to like hurt people in the best way and okay. what what do, what do we right. got what oh, do we I was going to say dead deadly class deadly class is my What do we what uh, okay song. okay cuz it's a very it's a very mayhem loren okay, beat okay. To, to begin with yeah, I so, I prefer yeah. rock marciano uh what do we got okay, what do okay. we got it well I prefer I, whoa 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 we're not I cuz I for the listeners I prefer rock marciano is my favorite he's one of my I yeah, he's listeners what to do, get what that do, okay. so, I'm just saying. So, person. what do we gotta do to get some more Zarface with Rock Marciano? Cause that, uh, we I don't know. Cause actually. that shit is hard. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. We we I don't. We only so Mayhem. We did a couple. We did a couple with because I'm we're, uh, we're a little more friendlier with him as far as uh, he was on three or two. He was on three of our records or two. Yeah, he's on. A, he's on. A few. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, so he's probably the only one. Who's had multiple comebacks? That's, um, but we try to not repeat features. I guess obviously we would if, if 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 it came up, but I guess to pursue them, we're always like, you know, looking for newer people too. Right. And now we're actually not. I think we're collabing. Okay. With people. Getting back to the roots. Uh, no, but we do. So we we do have it. We do have something coming. Very soon that I'm not supposed to talk about. Even even though I, even, I, I would say I, I don't like when people. I know sometimes people don't like. You should do a song with this person. It's like relax, but it's like I definitely on a Zarface project like Makami or Fahim. Okay, are okay. definitely two guys who I'd love to like. I, 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 those I, are some I of our favorites sure. right now. But like like I'm. I think Fahim Fahim would be a little easier. I'm gonna. Than, uh, I mean. I'm going to put on cement threes after this and do some push-ups. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But okay. who nice. who are who are your favorite rappers? You you, like, is, you is of all time. We talking? You or? can you can interpret the question however you want. You can have as <laughs> okay, many okay. or as little as you want. And then, uh, like, what's your like number one when someone's like, "Yo, what's a movie I got to see?" So favorite rappers, um, definitely a lot of the golden era, like Rock Him. Uh, KRS, Cool Keith, uh, EPMD, Chuck D. Like, like that's the core, I think. Um, and I think rappers, but definitely like Biggie or Big L or Jay Z might be like, or not even might be like, those are some more of my favorite rappers. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who else. Like, obviously, Esoteric um, and Inspector Deck. Yeah, yeah of, of course. No, no, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the joke Esoteric has is I cannot, for the life of me, remember anyone's lyrics from any group. So it's it's kind of funny when I'm talking about. Anytime somebody asks me that question with rappers, he just. I mean, I don't even. I can't even recite his lyrics half the time. It's like my brain has some sort of uh, the wires are crossed. Where literally he he did a. We were doing some video. It's actually a funny side story. Some somebody had asked that question, and I said Biggie, um, which is real because he's probably my favorite rapper of all time. And he was like, Biggie, he's like, he's like, recite the first four lines of hypnotize. And I like, literally I sat there for 30 seconds, trying to do it. And he's like, that's what I'm talking about. This guy doesn't like rappers. He's never asked him about rappers. So I always think about that. Cause I, I, I mean, I've played that song in the club probably like thousands of times. And obviously once it's on, I can do it. But right now I, I, I can't, I'm trying to think right now. I, I, 
I can't do you it. You know, and to but to quote to quote Werner Herzog, you know, um, you know, of course we've got to pay rent, so money connects, <laughs> but it's the principle of it. I get a rush when I bust some dope <laughs> lines that maybe somebody will quote. That's what I consider real in this field of music. Instead of putting brain cells to work, they abuse it. That, that's, that's pretty good. That's OC. OC, yeah, yeah. That's OC, okay, right? so there OC, you know. Look at that. Look at, look at um, OC is another. I, I mean, it's hard. Like He's one of my like, favorites. OC, there's, there's um, I mean, some of my favorite groups, I, I don't know how to word this properly without, like, Jungle Brothers, A Tribe Called Quest, like, albums, like, De La Soul. Like, if somebody's like, what's, like, your ultimate album, I'll say, like, Balloon Mind State. But, you know, or, you know, Midnight Marauders probably is, like, my favorite album. Okay. When the question's asked, like, is Q-Tip or Fife my favorite rapper of all time? Like, so, you know, the two, like, I, I, no, 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 of course. So, so when I'm thinking of rapper, I'm thinking of somebody like Mm G-Rap or Cool G, you know, who's, like, unbelievable wordsmith, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, some of my favorite groups, songs, and albums don't consist of that kind of rap. If that kind of makes sense, you know what I mean. Except maybe Biggie, right? Biggie's like, like today, pretty much across the boards, Biggie's like you know. Today, my favorite album is is uh you know, uh the Cold Vein by Cannibal Ox today. But yesterday, but yesterday it was Black Alicious, uh, Nia. Okay. And the yep. day before that, it was there's this dude that Marcus just put me onto that I made like a mega mix of all of his albums. I'm trying, of course. Uh, what's his name? Lord Jamonte? Oh, Lord, um, Jamonte. Yeah, because also he has North like Carolina. the best, his, his song titles yeah, are like 20 this, words he's long. He's got it's this like one like, like, like vegan chicken, chicken and rice with my vegan girlfriend <laughs> who likes Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you into these new dudes, the dudes from Lit, like SD Knack, Al Davino, those guys? I am. I think for newer stuff. Although they have been around for a while, but I mean, they're still, still considered part of the new kind of, you know, generation of kids coming up. For newer stuff, I listen to like, you know, like the Bandana record. I think was one, or okay. you know, the Pinata from a couple yeah. of years ago. Like those are the kind of records I'll like gravitate to. Or if Pusha T comes out with something. Um, He's doing a yeah, whole album with Madden. Yeah, right I, I he saw confirmed it. it. Yeah, Yo, yeah. the murder rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Just murder like rate is going up. <laughs> that murder rate is going up. So you, I know, so you I like know. that box cutter music, which yes, which makes yeah. a lot so, of sense considering the music you make. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I still. I mean, there's, I, I, I listen to a lot more. More recently, I'm still I'm pulling back and listening to like. Older soundtracks, a lot more library music. I think initially when I like got into library music, I was just like sampling the stuff and not really uh, caring too much beyond that. But definitely more recently, last couple of years, I've been collecting them like even the, more than I did before. Like you remember those command records that were like stereoed out, so you'd have like certain instruments on the left and certain instruments on the right. Yeah, well, there's stuff like that, but there's also like there's you know like stuff like the KPMs yeah. and the DeWolfs, like you know they were big in the '60s, '70s, and the, the ones from the '80s actually are the ones I've been collecting a lot more because I think by then, like in the '90s, sampling '80s stuff might have seemed a little bit uh, too too modern or something right. like that. But now, like in more, in more recent years, I've been a lot more of those. I've been enjoying, and a it's because it's super peculiar, like. What whatever like algorithms think is interesting music makes yep. very interesting music. Yes, yes. 
So, I don't know. I'm sure, I, I, I know I'm blanking on some record I, I, I got recently. I mean, I, I love pretty much anything Alchemist does. So, he's been doing a ton yeah. of stuff. You know, like the Lulu record I like a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the Step Brothers record he did with Evidence from a few years back. Still probably one of the, my favorite rap records of most Interesting. recent Interesting, okay. Memory. It's a f- phenomenal record. Uh, the J Electronica record is probably my probably my most favorite is that even proper grammar no uh it was probably my, my favorite record uh even more so than the bandana record i absolutely love that record um that's like the first album in a long time i've listened to like repeatedly i don't know yeah also i, I just that reminds me of the album uh jesus by blue that's like low-key one of my because I, I think blue at times is one of the great rappers of our time but he's so yes he's like a sine wave you know because it's just yep. he but when he's on top he's like wow and when he's on when yeah. he's on the bottom he's he's good but when he's on the top it's like and also like uh marcus got me back into planet asia a few years ago it's like uh, he's been he's been killing it he's, he's been on getting better I just love Durag Dynasty stuff. Yeah. yeah, I just love that that you guys yep. and Run the Jewels and Ka and Rock Marciano and Planet Asia are showing like rap isn't just a youth game. Like it's got yeah, it's got I mean, legs. Look, like I said, like on paper, like I think when we first, it's funny when we first before we did the first Zarface record, um, a, a few people, you know. I was even at that point, maybe I was like DJing a little less. So a lot of like club promoter friends or people in that world who obviously knew, knew of me growing up from something else, Tarek, um, were like, you know, if I'd see one of them, they'd be like, what have you been doing? Or, and I remember one kid at one DJ in particular who was like around my age, but you know, at the time he was just doing clubs. I remember, you know, I said something like, oh yeah, I'm doing a right, we're doing a whole album with, with Esso and inspector deck and he was just like i remember him kind of he's like why he kind of like said why and not even in a bad way i mean Hmm. obviously like it was just it was like it was a kind of his knee-jerk reaction to what i was saying right and i was like yeah you know i hear you man i don't know just having fun with it and he and i actually never forgot that and then literally like three years later i ran into him somewhere and he like he remembered obviously saying it or not me obviously because i don't think he meant to say it say it so he felt bad but he's like dude he's like i remember i kind of gave you shit when he told me about this whole project, he's like, but I just got to admit that you completely fuck, you know, you proved me completely wrong because it's, you know, obviously it has a life of itself. Yeah. That, like when we first were doing it, I had zero expectations. You know, like I said, I was, I was kind of removed from like what was going on in the underground, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something like, you know, Cement 3s, like that beat took me like literally like five minutes to make. And that's not even an exaggeration. I was just kind of, ripping through records i threw that on and it was a one bar loop you know and uh that actually was done on the sp but it makes you and i was like oh, but it makes you want to punch a milkman in the face <laughs> and i was like this huh. is cool you know i don't know i didn't really think much of it and then uh so there's like there's a, there's a um a part in the hook where todd plays like a little like kind of mandolin sa- uh sound and uh and that's it and it's so it's really literally a two-track song um but that was the kind of stuff where I was just like, again, having fun with it with zero expectations or like zero, like, oh, we're going to do this and get on this level or, you know, now, even now it's like, we're going to do this and get Tom Segura in a video. Like, don't, like we never have, 
we try not to overreach with our expectations of things because I think that takes away from what we're really trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is just make music that we want to hear. You know, and, and and you know, I think with seven L, seven L and Esoteric and maybe a little bit with some Zarface stuff. Uh, from my standpoint, from what I, you know, musically, I'll tr- I would get caught up in like what's happening now and what are people doing now and you know oh no drums are a thing yeah, so maybe thing. you know we should kind of we should do some stuff like that you know so even myself you know the more t- attention I pay to what's or happening like added drums currently, added drums like yeah 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 I'll, I'll get pulled into kind of doing something that might you know might not be as natural as where when we. You know, it's just like doing what sounds right, whatever. You know, like removing any kind of rules or I don't even know how I got on this long tangent. I don't think it had. Oh, my favorite rapper. My favorite rapper is yeah. Uh, my favorite was it movie? I would suggest to somebody. Um, yeah. It always depends. I don't know. Like if I suggest a movie, sometimes like it's usually the person asking what they're looking for. I don't know. Like some. Like, exactly. It's exactly. hard. Like my favorite yep. movie of all times, like 2001. But you know, I've suggested that to people, and they've absolutely not enjoyed it at all. So it's like, you know, I'll sure. I kind of consider what do I think this person would like, not even in a judgmental way, just more in a way like, you know. No, it makes perfect sense. Perfectly, yeah. I'm 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 the same way for the most part. I mean, one would be I definitely blowout would be one that I I don't think a lot of not to always lean on De Palma, but I don't think that's one that. A lot of people I find don't know about, and I think it's a pretty entertaining movie, uh, you know, throughout. So that's like a good curveball to, you know, throw out some people who might be familiar with mm-hmm. you know, some of his work. Well, speaking of De Palma, did, did you like Passion, the remake he did of the? Uh, oh, of the, with it's um, actually the last movie with, he made, uh, Rachel McAdams. Well, I liked it actually. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I like that movie too. Uh, have you seen Domino? Oh yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus makes fun of me. For, Marcus makes fun of me for loving that. <laughs> it's like no, I'm thinking I of mean, a different Domino. I'm thinking. No, you're thinking yeah, of you're Tony of, Scott Domino. Uh, Tony Sorry, Scott my bad. Domino. You're th- you're th- you're thinking of the the brand the more the recent. Yes. Yeah. Side note: he's he's an incredibly nice uh, person. So for a decade, I've been going to the Toronto Film Festival. And, like, even when he... I mean, he hasn't made a movie in a while. Like, Passion was there. But, like, even years when he doesn't have a movie there, he just goes to the festival just to watch. He's always solo, just rolling by himself. I've waited in line with him before. Like, you just turn around in line to... And, like, it's just Brian De Palma's there. He's got his fisherman jacket on and the khakis. That's cool. That's cool. Like, he really dresses, like, how... Like, all his publicity stuff. And he'll just talk to you. He's really nice. Marcus, you gotta tell the... uh, Yo. The Annie Pop Consortium uh, Francis Ford Coppola story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> side note, uh, check out Beans' latest uh, project. I did all the scratches on Beans' latest album. Dope, okay, dope. Yeah, I'm actually supposed to do scratches. Oh, uh, uh, for K the oh, I. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, um, but yeah, so, so on. I, I saw K, uh, the, Kiki recently. I saw him uh, a couple weeks ago over at Get On Down. He, he's over nice, there. Nice. Oh yeah, that's dope. Yeah, Kiki, I've known yeah. Jeez, but, forever since the nineties. Yeah, I've been a big yeah. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, Cambridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. There's but um oh what Scott's referencing if it's an old it's an old picture now but like the, there was a the anti pop consortium Facebook page um which I mean they're not a group anymore again but when they when they reunited and were active they were doing a whole string of shows 
And then there, me and Scott joke about this all the time. There's a picture. It's okay. still up there. It's it's two. It's it's Saeed and High Priest, the yep. Pop Consortium, and they're taking a picture with this dude. And then the caption's like, "Look who we met at Heathrow Airport, Francis Ford Coppola." But it's not. <laughs> it's not Francis Ford Coppola. It's literally just like some guy. I'll I'll when we're, I'll text you the picture. It's, I'm de- it's not Francis Ford Coppola. At all. If anything, he looks like Danny oh, yeah. DeVito with so, just like a beard. It does not. It's not Francis Ford Coppola. Was so it something like, where they approached this person like, "Hey, you're a Francis Ford Coppola. Can we get a picture with you?" Or see, no, no, that, no. I, yeah, that, that that I know. I didn't even know them at that point. It's just a picture, and it's just like. <laughs> but then, like under the some of the comments, though, they're just like, "That's not Francis Ford Coppola." Like, that's oh, not Francis God. Ford. Co- yeah, it's really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, another random story. Do you keep up with Virtuoso? Yeah, so, well, I saw him. I'll see him like randomly every couple of years. Like, I I say that because years ago when I was getting cool with beans, this was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Virtuoso was on a was on the bill with Antipop. Okay, um, <clears throat> and all these like older aging like backpack dudes like swarmed Virtuoso when they saw okay. him. They were just like, and, and this is you know like I, I this is when I, you know I still do. I, I live in the city, so it's like all these dudes they're like in their mid forties still. Doing the backpack thing, whatever. No, 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 no judgment. So then, like, so I used all the DMC battle. A lot of the DMC battles used to be would be like at there was Club Man Ray, yeah, which yeah, is a yeah. weird place for a DJ battle to be, yeah. um, or like the Middle East or like the House of Blues in Cambridge. So I used to always bump into Virtuoso, and then like that night at that anti-pop Virtuoso show, I was wearing a Red Sox hat, and then all these guys were swarming him. So like from like from afar, me and Virtuoso make eye contact, and I just take my hat off, and I'm like, "Hey, Massachusetts yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Sox!" And then all the guys who were swarming him turn to me, and they're just like, "Yo, why are you wearing a fucking Red Sox hat in New York? Fuck Massachusetts, man! Fuck Boston!" Serious? And then like Virtuoso, t- he's like, "Are you guys serious? Like, you know where I'm from, right?" It was, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a random oh, moment. Yeah, I yeah. see him. Uh, I'll bump into him, and you know, we were at South by Southwest, like. A few couple of years back, me and uh, me and Braun, and we were like at some rooftop, like I don't know, DJ mixer type thing, whatever it was. And Braun, remember, looked he looked over at the bar. He's like, "That looks like Miguel." Like that's for you know his real name. And I was like, "Yeah, it does." And we just didn't think anything of it. And, and it, it it was. And he had like this like down to his ankle leather trench coat with like the sleeves cut off and like hundred degree wet. It was like oh, wow. it was just he's a trip. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, there's, you know, um, yeah, I don't even know where, I don't even know where my, uh, my train of thought went or what question. Oh, movies. What's, what's your favorite, uh, Boston crime movie? Oh, uh, uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Nice. Nice. Yes. That's my number one. That would too. be a movie yeah. that I would like. I, that one I suggested to somebody recently who hadn't seen it. They absolutely loved it. That's actually it, that. That's really good. Like the town is not bad at all. It's actually pretty good. No, that's a, no, that's actually really I like good. That but movie. there's like a Gone Baby Gone is his masterpiece. But there's like what's a scene that? What's, in what's, uh, what's Gone Baby Gone, his first movie. That's like a masterpiece. I I, yeah. I think. Oh yeah, the Casey Affleck, the kidnapped yeah. girl. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I already. But seven. I, I know what you're going to say about the reference yeah, in, the, in uh, the town. The, 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 the yeah, exactly. yeah. So I thought that was kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was like a pretty cool, like uh, you know. Well, he he said it, but in both Gone Baby, oh, Gone Baby, Gone, uh, the town, and the movie he made after Argo, um, the all those yeah. crime movies. 
he he every all these interviews if, if you read enough Ben Affleck is like yeah I I, I rewatched Town, the Friends of Eddie Coyle that was like a big influence on him he always says that. the locations and all the stuff it's just it's it's really good uh, one thing I actually watched recently which I remember I used to love as a kid was Spencer for Hire <laughs> I don't know if you uh, oh well they, they well they, they they rebooted that with Mark Wahlberg yeah that was that's pretty bad yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, but the original show because it was shot all in location in Boston. And, uh, it, oh, that's right. I knew. Oh, yeah, you're right. It, it was, was just it was. really good. Like, let me, uh, right. let me dig into it. And I, and I, I loved it. But that was really well done. It really kind of represented, I think, Massachusetts, like Boston in a good way. But definitely Friends of Eddie Coyle would be, you know, and the soundtrack's unbelievable. The David Gresson soundtrack. Oh, yeah. That. He did, uh, Three Days of the Condor, too. And they both, Yep. Both actually, Three of the Condor is probably my, one of my fav- my favorite movies. So that one I would suggest because I think it's a little more, you know, it's a little easier to swallow than you know, two thousand one or you know, Twin Peaks. Fire Walk with Me is probably one of my favorite movies. But I think you have to. Nice. I think you have to know the show. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know. You don't have to be familiar with the show to understand the plot line, I guess. But like, obviously, watching, you know, some people because obviously it's a prequel, but I think. Yeah, I think yeah. watching it in the order it came out, meaning like watching season one, season two, then watching Firewalk with me is the proper way to, to watch that, I guess. Because yeah, I've seen Agreed. I've seen, you know, threads and people talk about what's the best way to, you know, experience Twin Peaks. Uh, so I think knowing the history of the characters from how they're first introduced on the show and then seeing, you know, the kind of flashback to the movie, that's probably one of my I mean, I love Mulholland Drive, so yeah, that's another oh, yeah. one of my Same. like favorite movies, like all the David Lynch stuff. Um, that's funny. We were just you know, watching. We were just talking about David Lynch, uh, an, an episode or so ago. Did you like? Did you like the return? The, uh, the Lynch uh, don't piece, spoil or? me, guys. I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So yeah. my, I I am one of the uh, uh, David Lynch is one of my favorite filmmakers. I'm one of the. I love that he did it, but I'm more of like. I want him to make a movie. I think the thing with, with the return, it just got too much of like a cameo. My, yeah. no, 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 no criticism. I just, I, I just want, well, I just would like him to, to make a movie. I, but now, no, knowing his age, I feel like there's a strong chance Inland Empire might be his last yeah, did movie. You, did I'm you like kind it? Of okay with did you that. like it? Well, I love that's my my my, my, my Twitter my Twitter handle is based off my last name's Pin. Pin like yeah, yeah. uh, I, I didn't know if it yeah. was like my. I gotcha. Like a true favorite my, or just. I saw that movie ten times in the theater. Which yeah, my plan, yeah. my plan is, yeah. my plan is once I finish some stuff, is to to get to it because I finally just watched um, Too Old to Die Young, which is which is fucking awesome. Oh, have you watched that the the, the Nicholas Ruffin show on Amazon? Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I was like, why do I know that? Yeah, I do. I actually, I yeah, absolutely yeah. Love it's that. fucking dope. It was like, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And what was it? Eighteen yeah. episodes or nine? No, no, it was it was ten episodes, but mo- but every episode was a movie length. It was like they're like two hour long. Uh, 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 I remember telling somebody, and they, and they kind of, I was like, you have to absolutely watch this. I I loved it, yeah. and they their their text to me was um, just watched eighteen hours of a painful. Uh, I don't know. I forget the word they used, but they they didn't quite enjoy it like I did. Yeah, but even as we were talking about earlier, like how people redo and do things and try new things it's like yeah you can you can watch drive and you can watch thief and they're both good and 
the color palettes and the music is dope for both of them. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's. And also, crazy. for some reason, I just was thinking about this movie I saw recently, The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. I don't know why I just thought, started thinking about that one. Oh, wait. Uh, what is that on? I, 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 I can't say. I got an Academy screener. <laughs> the Nolan one, is that going to be in theaters or is that going to... We'll see. Yeah, I mean, apparently, as, as of now. Yeah, yeah I mean, the little girl who lives down July, the lane is from we'll, 1976, we'll, we'll but... Um, okay, okay. It's just, I don't know, I was just thinking maybe y'all knew about that one, but uh, no worries. Um, but yeah, that one can be found. I, ho- I, ho- I miss movie theaters. I think it's going to be a very elitist thing at first because if how, how so my, my belief is that it'll probably have to be like social distanced which means that tickets will yeah, have yeah. to be more expensive because oh, to, okay. to be to okay. be like comfortably and then you have to be aggressively yeah. air conditioned and uh yeah. enforce ppe and i think i think if if we're smart we're just going to be really slow about all of this and and listen yep. and err on the side of caution and not to and not pretend to be doctors or scientists if we're not and and just take it slow you know there's a lot of shit i i practice brazilian jiu jitsu i haven't i haven't done it in okay. 2 months it's my favorite thing to do i may not even be able to do it this year because I have I have asthma and I I'm immunocompromised. Gotcha. So yeah, until yeah. we figure out gotcha. a vaccine or figure out a way to do gyms in a healthy way, like we just right. have to be smart. And um, I think I think this is a pretty good time to uh, to to sort of slow down. Uh, is there anything you want to promote or like? Uh, well, I think just you know for anything Zarface related, you know you can find all our music or shirt, you know info, anything we have going on on uh, Zarface.com. Um, we're still constantly recording music, so it's kind of the extracurricular stuff of the blog or you know the news content isn't as frequent as we want, but we try to have something once a week. I think at the beginning we were like, we're going to have three posts a week and talk about music we like. And we're, again, constantly working on music uh, literally every day. There's either new ideas or, like last night, I'll have a new remix to a song that is something we already kind of felt we had done in the can. So uh, that's really it. So the Zarface stuff is really the main push and the main focus, what we're doing. We have we do have a new record coming um, this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I don't okay. want to give a date yet because... Uh, we, 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 sure, you know, we're kind of feeling out, you know, again, I don't really, and this is, I don't, this is not even, I'm not saying this in any kind of, uh, I don't even know, uh, negative way, but like, I, you know, we want to see kind of what happens in the next six months. I don't really think a lot of change necessarily is going to happen as far as like, right. uh, my train of thought. I don't know. I'm hopeful that everybody, uh, while things open, like you said, are just taking it extra extra slow staying in if they don't have to be out wearing a mask uh you know simple thing just you know be a civilized right and the thing that you guys do that people really like is that your your whole shit is like uh an experience right it's not just yeah it's not just a record it's not just like you got as you said you got merchandise and also tour tour support and shit you know 
but we do have a record coming. I mean, we actually had two records this year, but I think we're just going to have one. Um, working on a Zara Keys record with my with Jeremy, with my production partner, of kind of like instrumentals or like kind of like quirky type stuff. Um, so that'll come out this year as well. Um, nice. And we'll see. You know, maybe we will squeeze the other record out this year as well. We just, like I said, I think, like you said, and I'm fully on board. Like everything's slowing down a little bit, so I'm all for it. So we want to slow down with it, kind of keep the pace of, of what's enough for everybody else out there to like manage and deal with. You know what I mean? Because while music is an escape, and you know, it's it's helping a lot of people through a lot of this. I also realize that a lot of people have you know other things going on in their lives where you know I don't want to have to be promoting every two seconds right. a new t-shirt for sale <laughs> or yeah. buy my new record sure. you know what I mean sure. like that, sure. those sure. are the things I think going back have always been the hardest uh, in music for me because like I've never like you know I've referenced it I'm like not I'm introverted in the sense of like I'm not like the loudest person in the room to like be great at promoting things properly so like when I do post stuff it's definitely uh, I have a little cringe face on a little bit but it, it's what connects but also, the fans you, and the fans people want that shit like they like exactly you know exactly it, it's more of it's more of a me thing whereas you know if, if I'm a fan of Big Daddy Kane and he's you know releasing something new every two seconds I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna want that right. more than anything else so like you know I, I have to look at it from the other side but I think myself as a person like you know I'm pretty I keep to myself a lot, so I'm kind of, you know, I think just for my personality, social media has been uh, quite challenging, um, you know, to, to maintain in a, in a proper way. Because I'm pretty, I like to be prepared. I like to, like, have a good uh, a good flow of things and not just kind of, like, be spotty about stuff. Of course. So, I don't know. And I just want to say thank you for, <laughs> you know, you could have been anywhere in the world today. <clears throat> Uh, this you know like yeah, no thank awesome. you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad I I've been wanting to uh, movies are obviously a huge uh, part of but my here's life, so he, and here's the thing and yeah anytime man we, we'd love to have you back now whenever. that now that you just said that you like Soderbergh Solaris you have to you have to come yes. on again yeah. Yeah. you know <laughs> all right yeah well yeah. if you ever do it if you ever do a deep dive into it let well me, uh, so how about this. We're we're gonna do oh, a deep right. dive into the remake of Solaris, and you're gonna be on it. Perfect. All the kinks are worked out, so I'm a well. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll together. talk about it off record. Nice. Um, and be yep. safe, and uh, you know, God bless you, man. Yeah, likewise, absolutely.
variation, migration, genetic drift, double helix recombination. I be a twisting keep up loop playing acids. Pony incubated babies to five sipping synapses. Basic crushing you with atmospheres that merely force like contradicted boiling slow. To avocados who small immense botonic electrodes into ten solutions of metal ions that become oxidizer to slide back on alpha nine with those pesky petro rabbits that were feeding off energy of night. Trick acid plastic planet inserts of empirical formulas received by satellite probes. Circulating these space nebulas of all the second glitch style blowing dividend. I'll be creating space bridges with apexes beyond the galaxy's constructicons. Form devastator, the most powerful robot. MCs will break capacities of dinobots in assimilation. Jet back to Iacron, the reflector snapping shorts, blasting like the Omega Tron or Galatron. I eject laser beam to seek out the lyrical matrix form parabolic to oblique while beyond her. This could be reversing polarity to see your shit over plate like mental physical vocabulary. Strain your mainframe with no races left contained. Gladys work with vines, my focus realigned, resulting in catapulting, and these revolting heathen, insulting my mic monarchy, in chronology, they get lobotomy, sonically, ecstatically, ripping them with hematology curriculum, killing men and spitting sonics at the requiem, lymph nodes, I'm swelling them like mononucleosis, my poems corroding bones like osteoporosis, my orchestration constitutes mutation in the earth's rotation, now adjacent nations mirror my vocabulation like a tessellation, with no procrastination, bash your facing, injecting leukemia through your skeleton, you peons, I rip the eons Beyond your grasping, my blades are hacking through your skull Pull them out, measure calcium graftings Collapse the consortiums like accordions Euphoriously speaking and chant Like the Gregorian monks, valedictorian Selling vocal cords in my anatomy Emporium, the heart and brain, I'm storing them Orpheum, sub-zero, refrigeration And I'm waiting for two millennia I emerge from hibernation, take your offspring Resection vitals and replace them Make them my reincarnations, hunt for your relations And your bloodline, over-recrushing Castrations, my elocution's Executing future generations. 